When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Another episode of the OFNT podcast. OFNT stands for Old Fart New Tech. I'm your host and resident Old Fart Jim Schaefer, and the podcast, at least to me, is the New Tech. I hope this finds you well and you're having a great week. Hey, I'm back on time and still out of line. I had to work over the last couple of weekends, and I also put in some overtime. I'm working on some ideas on how I can avoid late episodes in the future. Wish me luck. Well, winter has finally sunk its teeth into the New York metropolitan area, and we have a major storm headed our way. And one can hope that it would miss us. As usual, I'm going to start off with some tech news. First up from Reuters.com. Huawei, the CCP's favorite telecommunications conglomerate, is in the early stages of talks concerning the sell-off of the company's high-end P and Mate series smartphone lines. And don't get your hopes up about these brands being available in the U.S., though. Come on, the potential buyers are a consortium of CCP-owned firms out of Shanghai. This news follows the sale of Huawei's honor brand late last year to a similar government-backed consortium from Shenzhen. I suspect that these sales are just a way of trying to find a way around U.S. sanctions. The main differences would be the silicon these uh, phones would ship with, as Huawei's own high-silicon chip supply will be running out shortly. Two things to add to this report. The consortium that purchased the Honor brand stated that it is in the process of reestablishing relations with Google and that the current U.S. administration is reviewing the bans on Huawei, ZTE, and other Chinese companies. My advice is, for now, stay away from these brands. 9to5Mag.com has an article about a report published by OpenSignal on the state of 5G in the U.S., the group finds that the carrier T-Mobile, which my family uses, has the most availability and speed, while Verizon has the best 5G experience, that is, if you can find the carrier's millimeter wave service. AT&T finished in second, 
with the second highest availability and the fastest download speeds. As I've said in the past, 5G is not quite ready for prime time, and I'm in no real hurry to get a 5G-capable phone. Also from 9to5Mac.com, the Apple Series 7 watch is slated to include what the site is calling a game-changing feature, blood sugar monitoring, though Samsung's Galaxy watches might beat them to the punch. This feature, if it truly works, will be great for those suffering from diabetes and are forced to monitor their blood sugar levels by taking blood samples and using expensive monitors. The testing of blood using the watch will be accomplished with the taping of a so-called skin tag on your wrist. This would activate a sensor in the watch. This non-reusable skin tag would also activate yet another revenue stream for Apple. Of the many old fart maladies I've collected over the past few years, thankfully, diabetes is not one of them. ArsTechnica.com is reporting about the rumored new thinner and smaller MacBook Air, which will supposedly feature smaller screen bezels while still retaining the current model's 13-inch size. Also rumored to be included is the return of the MagSafe charger beloved by many MacBook users. The new MacBook Pro is rumored to be losing the touch bar while gaining an inch in screen size. Now it will be about 14 inches versus the 13 inches it was. The MacBook Pro is said to be also gaining more ports, including an SD card slot. Well, I've bought my last MacBook Air. Instead, I will use the iPad Air with its magic keyboard from now on for my portable computing needs. As far as the MacBook Pro is concerned, I'll be holding on to my 2019 base model until it either breaks or won't receive software updates any longer. I hope they don't delete the touch bar in future MacBook Pros. I find that feature useful. Another day, another cybersecurity firm hacked. What? According to TechRadar.com, the cybersecurity firm Sonic Wall reports that it was the victim of a sophisticated hack, it sounds familiar, that impacted several of the company's products, mostly their firewalls. Well, I guess nothing is safe on today's or maybe even yesterday's internet, and definitely not the future internet. Hey, if you use devices that run on iOS, be sure to update them. Apple states that the latest operating system update patches three security flaws which, in the words of the company, may have been actively exploited. And those are somber words from a company who usually wouldn't admit to any security problems. Perhaps people were using these flaws to jailbreak their devices. Back in the early days of Twitter, and when I first started using that app on a iPhone, TweetBot was the go-to third-party app. I lost interest in the app as others became available with better UIs and better features. To my surprise, the app is still around and just received a major update, version 6, which adopts the new Twitter API and makes the app based on the dreaded subscription model. This makes me glad I don't use Twitter or this app any longer. Tech I'm using. Now well, it's been over a month and I'm still amazed at the sound that comes out of the paired HomePod minis I have connected to my Apple TV. I can imagine the improvement in sound I'll get when and if I upgrade these two full-size HomePods. 
which bring Dolby sound with them. The minis will become my speakers for my desktop, something they will excel at. I really recommend these things. Well, another Christmas present I'm talking about here, I still haven't put my Logitech C922 webcam to good use. And with things seemingly getting ready to open up again, I don't know when I will. I thought for sure with the new virus strains going around and the COVID virus striking down more and more of my fellow office mates, I'd be working from home by now. Well, this just hasn't happened, which is a good thing, I guess. At least in the future, my children and grandchildren can look forward to seeing this old fart's face in all of its wrinkled glory and not the grainy video they've grown accustomed to. Though, this may scare them. Oh, I should mention that to get that wrinkly old fart face lit perfectly, the cheap Allegiant 6-inch ring light I bought from Amazon works great. The clamp on this thing is so strong that I wouldn't dream of mounting the light on my iMac. Instead, I have it mounted about 6 inches behind and 2 feet above the iMac, facing downward. Even with this unorthodox mounting, the light does its job well. The only future tech purchase that I'm even considering is an M-series CPU-based iMac. And that's not going to happen anytime soon because there is no M-series chip iMac at the moment. And my current iMac still has some gas in the tank. The only thing bugging me about it is the old-school hard drive, which seems so slow compared with the near-instantaneous response I get from the solid-state drives of my MacBooks. And who knows, with the way big tech is behaving, including Apple, I may just switch over to Linux. If the particular distribution of Linux I want can be ported to the Mac, I probably wouldn't need to upgrade at all. The East Coast of the United States was hit with an internet outage last Tuesday. At least my provider didn't seem to be affected by it. Some people's computer at my work area were affected, but the problem was resolved in about an hour. It seems the problem originated with Fios, which local, state, and in my case, the federal government uses for their internet. Surprisingly, my particular workstation wasn't affected by it all. But it just goes, goes to show how almost everything is dependent on the internet. This is something my brain couldn't even begin to fathom the first time I had a glance at it back in the 1980s on a dumb terminal my upstairs neighbor was provided with by the U.S. military. Back when the network was known as ARPANET. Now don't worry, I won't be waxing poetic about 1200 baud dial-up modems, bulletin board services, and dead computer operating systems like CPM and OS9. At least not today. Back when the iPhone 11 was released, a big deal was made about the use of cellular modems manufactured by Intel. The tech world wasn't convinced that these radios would perform as well as the Qualcomm ones they replaced. I can tell you from my own experience um, that they definitely aren't as good. I think Apple knows this too because they switched back to Qualcomm for the next model phone and at least until they have their own modems ready to go, they'll be using Qualcomm. The problems I've had with my iPhone 11 Max are all related to Intel modems. My lovely wife's older iPhone 10, which is equipped with a Qualcomm part, gets better reception than my phone, and twice now I've been happily tooling around without my phone getting alerts or texts. I realize this problem when I go to iMessage someone and I get a message telling me my phone is not connected to the Internet. 
I have a strong signal from my carrier, so the problem has to be with the modem. A restart of the phone is the only way to fix this. Right after the restart finishes, I am bombarded with reminders, news alerts, and missed text messages. This is not good, but this should be rectified, for me at least, upon my next upgrade. Entertainment news. It's been very quiet in the world of entertainment lately. Maybe with the lockdowns ending in California and the Trump administration vanquished, they're gearing up to go back to work and getting back to being the empty vessels that they are. And speaking of empty vessels, I have to give some credit to Pamela Anderson. She's known for being an ex-Playboy bunny, star of the television series Baywatch, and especially her sex film with ex-husband Tommy Lee. It seems Ms. Anderson has figured out that social media just wants your data to sell ads and to control your thoughts and behavior. She announced on an Instagram post to her millions of followers that she's quitting all social media, citing the reasons I just gave above. Well, maybe she's not just an empty vessel. I gotta give props to her. My lovely wife and I have been binge-watching the Showtime series City on a Hill. This stars Kevin Bacon. The character he plays is a corrupt Boston-based FBI agent and the biggest a-hole of all time, which I must say the actor plays to perfection. His supporting cast is mostly great and the storyline is fairly believable. Season 2 starts next month and we're both looking forward to it. I haven't watched pro wrestling since the days of Killer Kowalski in the late 1960s. And you can look him up if you want. I used to catch it on a Spanish language channel on UHF television, where it was labeled Lucha Libre. I only watched it because it aired before Boxeo Profesional, which I never missed on those late Saturday afternoons back then. Pro wrestling sort of had a renaissance in the 1970s before becoming extremely popular starting in the mid-1980s with Hulk Hogan. The WWF morphed into the WWE, and besides varying events on other networks, had its own streaming network, the aptly named WWE Network. I say had because it was announced this week that WWE Network has sold its content to the NBC-owned Peacock streaming service and shutting down its own streaming service. I guess the new breed of youth is more concerned with overthrowing capitalism than watching steroid-abusing monsters dance with each other. This also probably means that Peacock, which currently offers a tier free of charge, will be a completely paid service soon. Podcast news. Psst, have you heard of the new buzz phrase circulating around the podcasting world? Yeah, it's circulating around via the podcasting press. Are you ready to hear it? Okay, here it is. The promise of underrepresented voices. Now I know you can figure out what voices this phrase is referring to. But taken literally, what does this mean? I'm an old guy. Is my voice considered underrepresented? Nah, because the phrase is not actually referring to voices. I'll leave this here for you to ponder. 
Another independent podcast network has just been bought. According to a report from InsiderRadio.com, the multimedia company Tegna, which amongst other things owns 67 television stations from coast to coast, acquired the Locked On Podcast Network for an undisclosed sum of money last Wednesday. The sports-orientated Locked On Podcast Network is the producer of 160 podcasts, most of which release new episodes daily. That's a lot of shows. Tecna has the broadcasting rights to many local sporting events in their markets, both at the professional and collegiate level, so this purchase makes sense. The Locked On Network appears to cover all teams in existence from the NFL, NBA, MLB, and NHL franchises, as well as 30 college sports programs. I'm sure a lot of cash was forked over, making the founder of the network, former sports talk radio and NBA play-by-play announcer David Locke, who founded the network in 2016, a very wealthy man. Sports-orientated podcast networks are hot in the podcasting world, especially those networks which cover the betting angle. They're even hotter than the underrepresented voices. From podnews.net, Spotify-owned podcasting host Anchor has given its app and website a makeover recently that promised to be, in their words, less about podcasting and more about podcasters. The service needed a makeover as its old look was becoming dated, in my opinion. Anchor takes a lot of heat, especially from fellow podcast hosts, but my experience with them weren't bad. The drawbacks I had with Anchor were the limited amount of podcast directories you could list your show on, the overcompressed audio file you were forced to publish in, the requirement that you had to manually submit your show to the various directories if you wanted to receive emails from them, and the show statistics available to the podcaster were just horrible. Moving a podcast that I'd hosted to Anchor to another host was quick and painless as it should be. If you're unsure if you will stick with podcasting or a particular podcast you're doing or have a low budget, Anchor is a a way to go. It's easy and it's free of cost. This next item goes out to podcast listeners located in that great nation of India. From rainnews.com reads the headline, Triton Digital collects Jagran New Media as a client for podcast management and monetization. Like other partnerships with large media groups Triton has recently made in that country, Jagron will turn over its podcast content to Triton's advertising technology and distribute said content using the ad company's Omni Studio. Should be ominous, but I digress. Who will distribute and monetize its podcasts? Hey, Indian podcast listeners will be treated to the delights of more targeted ads being inserted into their favorite podcast, just like here in good old USA. Welcome aboard. Eh, that deserves my sympathy. InsideRadio.com is reporting that the New York Times has added a layer of management to its audio division. This action comes on the heels of the caliphate fiction-based podcast that was passed off as factual and the failed attempt to put a lid on negative media coverage following the show's exposure. The audio division will now have an editor and a fact-checker assigned to it. Hmm. Shouldn't this have been done at the formation of this division? 
You would think a large media operation like the Times would have thought of this at that time. Then again, the so-called <laughs> paper of record was all in on the orange man bad frenzy. So I guess they were distracted a little bit. That and they didn't think their fellow media organizations would come at them so hard. In a previous episode, I had a story about the venerable podcast hosting service Libsyn and their China problem. To recap, when Libsyn was just starting out, the company accepted investment money from a group headquartered over there in mainland China, and one of the stipulations was that Libsyn was required to merge with a mainland-based media company. After the merger, Libsyn found out that the Chinese media company was nothing more than a distributor of pirated media, with most of the investors either disappearing or being sentenced to jail. Lipson recently filed a lawsuit which attempts to get back control of the shares from these shady investors who could interfere with a potential sale of the hosting company. Well, InsideRadio.com is quoting Lipson's chief financial officer, Richard Hasey, of saying that the company is old school, growing, and not interested in joining the deal-making frenzy that we are currently witnessing in the world of podcasting. Eh, couldn't find a buyer, methinks. Well, good on them, but competition is growing very rapidly in the podcast hosting business. Time for my rant. Centralization, the bane of the modern digital world. Over the past decade, we've seen the consolidation of technology companies through what seems like non-stop acquisitions. While the centralization of digital services might seem convenient, and some say this keeps pricing down, I don't agree with this. Take, for example, the recent internet outage the East Coast of the United States suffered. The outage triggered a domino effect, which saw essential services from Google, Microsoft, and others come crashing down. The same thing happens when one of the big three cloud services have problems. For those businesses that depend on these services, more so now that everything is in the cloud and the pandemic is forcing a lot of people to work from home, I'm sure productivity came to a standstill. Moving on to the social media platforms, we all witnessed how easy it was for them to deplatform and basically erase people from the internet. While redundancy has a negative connotation these days, The military, at least the one I served in, implemented redundancy to ensure the organization could function in the event of one or more system failures. I feel businesses should re-adopt redundancy as well as the private citizen. As the old saying goes, don't place all your eggs in one basket. Well, episode 64 is at an end. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it for you, and I hope you found it worthwhile. You can contact me at OFNTPodcast at gmail.com if you are so inclined. Tell me what you like and didn't like. I'd love to hear from you. Be safe. I'll see you next week. Remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. Now get your galoshes on and get off my lawn.
how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.